you know my curtains? She finally crawled up to the top and was sitting on the top of them yesterday. Nice. And she walked out to the middle and she just fell. (laughs) (laughs) And she did not land on her feet. When she first fell, I looked at her eyes because I've seen that happen on television (laughs) and I didn't know what I was looking for. (laughs) (laughs) I I think think my cat has a concussion. She couldn't tell me her name, how old she was, or who the prime minister was. (laughs) She just stared at me and made weird noises that weren't worse. Sorry for that detail. <laughs> okay, sorry, we were talking about this depressing show. I once told someone that I do a podcast about Project Horseman, and he was like, wouldn't that just be really depressing? And I was like, <laughs> it's not just really depressing. <laughs> Sometimes there's stories about our cats. <laughs> and Aloud, arguably one of the best Australian Bojack Horseman podcasts. I'm Jem DeSalis. And I'm Paige Winkle. And today we watched season four, episode ten. It's called Lovin' That Cali Lifestyle. It's kind of interesting because it's it's like all in lowercase, it's missing the G, and it's got two exclamation marks at the end. It's basically the exact text that Hollyhock sends to one of her dads. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm going to be very tempted to just intercap that anyway when I write it down on the thing. Speaking of, just wanted to apologize to any listeners who were confused by the fact that over the last, like, ten, like basically since we started season four, I have mislabeled, like, four of the episodes saying that they're from season two when I do the episode code. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Oops. I think that most people probably didn't, but I've I've fixed it now for future generations. If it hasn't changed on your podcatcher of choice, you may need to unsubscribe and resubscribe if it's that big a sticking point for you. But yeah, sorry to anyone I confused. I don't know how I fucked up in exactly the same weird way so many times. Yeah. It's very strange. I've got it, like, I assume that it's because grotesques is in season two and has been for ages so something in my brain kept on just being like everything is season two yeah no that's fair enough (laughs) sorry (laughs) you get what you pay for (laughs) so my copy of putting the art before the horse came in the mail oh cool the bojack horseman concept art book sorry it's just called bojack horseman the art before the horse and i've been reading through it i figure that when things come up that i think are the kinds of things that would be fun to talk about in an audio medium so like not you know concept art i will bring them up but so the main one i'm gonna do today is i know we've spoken before about like wondering if it started with what if, what if I do a show about a horseman and then figuring out, oh, and then he can be a washed up actor. Or if he was like, I want to do a show about a washed up actor. And then he was like, what if he was a horseman? Yeah. And it didn't really happen either way around. Raphael Bob Wakesberg and Lisa Hannibal were just really good friends who worked together a lot in like college and possibly even high school. Mm-hmm. He already had her in mind as, like, an animal drawing person, and, like, it, it seems like the ideas basically happened sort of simultaneously in his head, but there's a copy of, like, the actual email that he sent to her. Yeah. It's really interesting, because he's written down, like, all the different characters, and some of them don't exist in the actual show, and some of them clearly got combined or, like, turned into different things. Oh, okay, cool. Raphael Bob Wakesberg to Lisa Hanawalt, Monday, March 22nd, 2010, at 4.22pm. Hey, do you have a picture of one of your horse guys by himself? I came up with this idea for a show I'd like to pitch. Tell me what you think. Bojack the Depressed Talking Horse. Bojack is a horse dude in a world full of humans and other animal people. He used to be the star of the 90s sitcom Horse and Around, about a wisecracking horse who raises three precocious human preteens. Now he's a washed-up misanthrope who lives in a gorgeous bachelor pad in the Hollywood Hills, complains about everything, and wears colourful patterned sweaters. Insufferably self-deprecating, neurotic, abrasive, and stubborn, he has burned all but a few of his bridges. Which is, you know, pretty much what it ended up being. Yeah. But then the other characters. Topher. Human is Bojack's childhood best friend and freeloading permanent house guest. Cheerful and excitable, he always tries to get Bojack to go on adventures, meet girls, and have parties, or at least stop sitting on the couch, eating sugar cubes, and watching old episodes of Horsin' Around on DVD. So that's obviously Todd. Yeah. But, like, 
slightly different character because like he stays with him all the time but like todd is as prone if not more so to just sitting around on the couch eating junk food yeah and i don't think he has ever encouraged bojack to quote unquote go out and get girls no let's see if you recognize this next character okay mr peanut butter dog person (laughs) is bojack's agent easygoing and smooth talking mr peanut butter is constantly convincing bojack to take on embarrassing projects that he considers beneath him and that usually don't even go anywhere wow that's interesting honey bucket horse person was another star from the mid-90s tv shows about talking horses trend his show was called horse patrol and it was about exactly what you think it was about stupid and shallow but friendly and well adjusted he's the opposite of bojack he's good at schmoozing and he's the life of the party and bojack secretly hates him but keeps hanging out with him for vague masochistic reasons and to give him something to hate besides himself wow okay they obviously just rolled like mr peanut butter is just like they just took the character's name and gave it to honey but like name and species and gave it to honey bucket yeah because that that is mr peanut butter yeah yeah so instead of him being a horse doing a horse show it's mr peanut butter being a dog doing a very similar show to horsing around yeah so like he's still a ripoff but in a slightly different way yeah diane human is Honeybucket's girlfriend. Cynical and clever, she's a development exec who likes Bojack and wants to help him make his comeback. Bojack is in love with her, but he's too proud slash stubborn slash lazy to put the effort into trying to win her over, because not trying is better than trying and failing. Huh. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Like, different job and stuff, but pretty much. Chelsea, human, is Bojack's ex-girlfriend. After throwing away the majority of her 20s on the immature man-child horse pony, Chelsea finally broke up with him when it became clear he was never going to give her the baby that she wants. High-strung and high-maintenance, she makes a terrible match for Bojack, but they keep sleeping together anyway, because in the great grand scheme of things, why does anything we do matter at all, right? So that's obviously Princess Carolyn, so I guess at some point they were like, oh no, she's a cat, and also she can be the agent. Yeah. This is the kind of thing that happens in shows all the time, I bet. Mm. Like, any kind of writing, like, you combine and kind of mash together and delete characters until you get something that's kind of boiled down. Yeah. It's really interesting. It is. Is there any more? There is some more, but just reading that bit about Chelsea slash Princess Carolyn made me think something that I had kind of realized as I was editing the last episode. You know how Princess Carolyn... I think we disagreed within the episode about whether Princess Carolyn's three other miscarriages were within her relationship with Ralph or before it. Mm. Listening back to it, like listening to the sound bites and stuff, I'm almost certain that you were right and that it was before their relationship. Uh, but does okay. that mean that Bojack got her pregnant three times and never knew about it? Oh, that's a good point. Or, somewhat more terrifyingly, Vincent. (laughs) Like, we know all the people she's dated, and it was three children in a trench coat, and then Bojack for like a decade. Oh gosh, he didn't sleep with Vincent, did she? That's never occurred to me. Surely not. I don't think that's what they would be going for. But like, so let's just just cut that. But like... (laughs) Like, basically, we're left with either she was secretly pregnant and miscarrying during her relationship with Bojack three times, and, like, I doubt he knows about that, Mm. or she miscarried three times before her relationship with Bojack, which means that, like, even when she was, like, pretty young, she was still, like, miscarrying a lot, which is just kind of medically worrying. Like, I guess there could be other partners off screen that we've just never met, but, like... One night stand. Yeah. So anyway, the email goes on. The tone of the show is darkly funny with a melancholy Great Gatsby-ish center. Most of the show is not about business, rather about a guy who gets annoyed by everything and constantly makes big deals out of nothing, obsessing over getting the exact right wording of an email. I think that guy in the parking lot looked at me funny, etc. Stories come out of Bojack reluctantly getting roped into schemes by Topher to try and get girls, or Mr. <laughs> Peanut Butter to try to jumpstart his career, or from Bojack going to great lengths to prove someone wrong, or trying to improve himself to impress Diane. <laughs> Let me know what you think about all this, or if you have other ideas that you think would help flesh out this world, and send me whatever sketches you have that would fit for this pitch also if you feel weird about repurposing your animal characters for something like this let me know and i'll come up with something else that's super interesting 
Lisa's reply, I think, is really interesting. Haha, <laughs> I like it. Bojack the sad hack. My only caveat is that earnest characters are always more appealing and interesting to me than cynical ones. Like, my current favourite cartoon character is Flapjack, the most positive of protagonists. Maybe there's a way for Bojack not to be too much of a bummer? Just a thought. I'm not an Eeyore fan. Here's some drawings that could fit. So, like, I like that right off the bat, Lisa Hanwalt was like, this show sounds depressing as fuck. I don't know if people are gonna like it. <laughs> um. Then there's just kind of lots of, like, interview bits. Like, this seems to be how art books work, is that there will be, like, lots of photos that are mostly unrelated to the text, and the text will just be, like, a long series of, like, people who worked on the thing that it's about talking about how it started and things. Mm -hmm. And it seems like what happened is they got back to Lisa and were like, hey, we want to do the show, do you want to come and art direct it? And she was like, nah. And then, like, ages later they tried again and she was like, okay. (laughs) Like, it nearly didn't happen. Like, they, they tried they tried to do it with someone else doing the art, and they, like, couldn't get it to work. Wow, that's interesting. Apparently no one else could get the horses right. They've got a few, like, episode synopses as well. Oh, cool. <laughs> Some of them you can just tell, like, what episodes they became. Like, there's one about having a party, and then he throws up cotton candy. And there's one that's, like, obviously... The one with Neil McBeal, the Navy SEAL, but instead of MSNBC, it's like Fox News, and also it's a Greyhound, but I guess at some point they decided it would be funnier if he was a Navy SEAL. But there's one that's called Lights, Camera, Action. <laughs> Princess Carolyn gets Bojack a cameo in a movie about Hitler's horse. As it's explained to him, it was going to be an Eva Brown biopic, but it got retooled, playing Hitler's horse's Jewish friend. After the shooting of his scene is repeatedly delayed, Bojack spends the whole day in his trailer pigging out on sugar cubes, making small talk with the bizarre PAs, and rehearsing his one line which is about how important it is to live every day to the fullest. At the end of the day, the director asks Bojack to come back tomorrow, but instead Bojack quits, complaining he already wasted a whole day. Okay, wow. It's interesting that that early on they had, like, an idea for a thing involving an Eva Brown biopic, but then I guess they decided it would be a little like they didn't want him to play Hitler's horse's friend. Yeah. That early in a show, they were like, hmm. Yeah. I was thinking maybe it had something to do with the war horse, because I know that comes up in the show. Maybe they changed it to that. Yeah. Bojack says no to drugs. In support of National Hugs Not Drugs Week, Bojack is invited to speak at a local high school, an invitation he accepts while expressing a supreme ambivalence about advocating hugging as he is someone who doesn't like to be touched. At the school assembly, Bojack barely hides his disdain for the other washed-up celebrities present, the panel of Hugs Not Drugs heroes, and goes off on long tangents about his depressing life. At one point, he lets slip that he uses horse tranquilizers to help him fall asleep each night. The students are confused. Aren't those drugs? And Bojack explains that some drugs are good drugs. The next day, the news is all over the internet. Bojack loves drugs and hates hugs. Bojack is asked to apologize and retract his statements, but he refuses, arguing that labeling all drugs as equally dangerous is an irresponsible message to send to children. However, when Pinky tells him that his PR snafu could shatter his book deal, thus depriving him of an excuse to see Diane every day, Bojack agrees to make amends. Carolyn arranges for- they keep on referring to Princess Carolyn as just Carolyn and it bothers me. Yeah, that's weird. Arranges for a high-profile mea culpa. He is to deliver a public apology during the halftime show of the Super Bowl, after which he is to hug the president of the Hugs Not Drugs Council. Bojack makes his half-assed apology, an admission that both drugs and hugs should only be used in moderation. <laughs> the football player grabs the microphone and offers a simpler way to live, say yes to hugs and no to drugs. This sets Bojack off on a tirade about the dangers of hugging. From child molestation to perfectly innocent relationships that end in heartbreak and bitterness, Bojack argues that more lives are ruined by physical intimacy than by drug abuse, and if children really want to live happy adult lives, they should say yes to drugs and no to hugs. Bojack leaves the stadium to a chorus of boos. <laughs> that sounds like a really good episode. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because like it it seems like in the episode with the Navy SEAL, like the the way that that ends with like his big kind of tirade about like he's he's genuinely making a moral stand about the nature of like heroes and like the weird militaristic culture of the US. Mm-hmm. And it seems like they wanted that to be more of a thing, like that there would be more BoJack episodes that ended with him like having a big like moral point that was the hill he wanted to die on. Yeah. Instead of just 
instead they just went for depressing. Yep, guess so. Yeah, that's super interesting. Anyway, that concludes Art Book Corner. If there is anything interesting I read in it in the next two weeks, then I will bring up another thing next week. Cool. Possibly a shorter thing. So this episode is structured really annoyingly because it goes back and forward. So <laughs> just going to go through it like the show does. Um, all right. So we start at Bojack's house. It's really interesting, actually. We see that Hollyhock is having trouble seeing and she's sweating. And it like actually kicks in right from when we see um, the words and a Netflix original series. Which I thought was cool. Everything's also sounding muffled as well. Um, so she's trying to pay attention to what's going on around her. And that's that Bojack the nurse, Beatrix, and Hollyhock are playing Uno. I've never played Uno. Really? Yeah. I gather it is some kind of card game. Yeah. I... To trick children into getting into gambling. <laughs> I can't believe you've never played Uno. Next time I'm down, I will make you play Uno. Um, no. No? <laughs> no interest at all? <laughs> I don't really play games. I just live life. <laughs> <laughs> I do I do genuinely like there are very, very, very few card and board games that I enjoy. Okay. Like there's not there's not enough for my brain to grab onto. Yeah, no, fair enough. Okay. <laughs> Um, I just wanted to point out that Bojack's having a really good time playing the game. He seems, like, actually pretty happy. Just gonna put my thing down, flip it, and reverse it back to Tina. So you did have blues. Touché. Henrietta, don't use a foreign language in front of the child. She'll get ideas. It's your turn, Beatrice. Uh, you okay, Hollyhock? Yeah, I'm I'm awesome. I feel really good. I just, I need a glass of water. So she goes to the kitchen and drops a glass and cuts herself on the head. Are you okay? I'm fine. I just, ow! Did you cut yourself? It's okay. I know what to do. You need some alcohol, ice, squeeze a lemon. You'll forget all about your cut. I'll be right back. Um, so she goes into Bojack's bathroom for a Band-Aid. I think you'll find the brand is actually Band-Aid Bloodstoppers. Oh, wow. Did not notice that. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she, like, knocks everything out of the cabinet, and she gets a text from one of her dads asking how she is, and she sends him a picture where she looks happy, and then she just collapses. Yeah. It's a really powerful scene, because, like, the way that she's, like, she's literally, like, about to collapse and is, like, delirious... But she, like, uses her last couple of moments of lucidity to, like, sweep her hair over her cut and, like, make a cute thing for the selfie and then send a quick text and then literally collapses right then. Yeah. And then, like, in in her unconscious hand, you see, like, the photo and the text, which is, as the title of the episode, Love in that Cali lifestyle with two exclamation points. I know that there have definitely been times where I am definitely not okay and, like, sent texts or, like, made social media posts where, like, no one would think that I wasn't okay at the time. Mm. Like, I feel like that is a very common thing that you can pretty easily project a very, like, untrue version of how your life is going through yeah. technology. And we should get rid of it all. Black Mirror. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about it like that. But yeah, you can like be totally upset, send a text and because there's no, you know, you're not can you have control over the words you say, whereas in person you don't. Yeah. Um, so then we see the credits and then we open up to Debate Night California, where Woodchuck and Beale are having their debate. It's very hand centric. Yes, it is. Californians are feeling the pinch, and you better believe it's Beclaws, a woodchuck could chuck Berkowitz. I see. You're referring to my hideous transplant lobster claws in an effort to distract Do the Do you want a governor who can be rendered defenseless with two rubber bands? Woodchuck is down in the polls, basically because people don't like his claws, and then in this same bit we see that he gets new hands and his popularity starts to go back up. Now Woodchuck is way up in the polls. I guess his message was connecting with voters after all. So we see a few snapshots of newspaper articles, some of which are interesting and some aren't. But um, at the beginning, we have an article on Politicoala by Kelsey Bear called Claws in Effect. Yep. The Kudchuk Berkowitz campaign finds itself in a pinch. Poll numbers are plummeting for the would-be, could-be governor as his crustacean extremities have snapped his off-putting public image into focus for constituents. Blunder after blunder, Kudchuk Berkowitz's claws have torn his chances of re-election asunder. Meanwhile, fans of the claw man lawman wonder if it's safe to even support him publicly. Community leaders warn that rallygoers might get crushed in the clutches of his snappy sea creature digits. Wildlife experts say- mm, that does not exist. 
say that the instincts of this ground squirrel might drive him to burrow into crowds uncontrollably. He ruined my birthday balloon. Wah, wah, tweeted Baby Billy, the birthday balloon boy, known far and wide for his viral video in which he rubs a balloon on his tummy and sings, It's my birthday, yes it is, I'm the best baby in the baby boy biz. And then there is a picture of what is presumably Baby Billy the balloon boy, who is like a little pig boy, and Woodchuck has like accidentally snipped the string of the balloon and it's floating away. The pig boy and his mother are unimpressed. And Mr. Peanut Butter's kind of in the background just with his hand on his forehead. (laughs) Wow, okay. Then we've got from the anthill, Californians feel the beal. Jess, we can, was the chant that greeted TV pretty gubernatorial candidate Jessica Beale at her rally Thursday in the Beverly Stilton. Thanks a billion, she shouted back. Fans from all over the state have embraced the candidate's sensible centrist message and sensible center hair part. <laughs> One fan is Baby Billy the Birthday Balloon Boy. The 17-year-old internet <laughs> sensation <laughs> recently tweeted, Baby Billy like Billy, she make my balloon go boom boom. <laughs> Wait. Okay. So he so is he a real child or is he a seventeen year old? Because yeah, he's really either either that's an unrelated photograph of another child whose birthday thing he ruined. Because that's definitely a child. Yeah. What? Seventeen how old did they say out. he was in the last article? They didn't. They oh, just they just said, said he was a child. He was baby birthday balloon boy thing. Yeah, like Hollyhock's seventeen. I guess he could just be really, really short. Yeah, maybe he's a pig, isn't he? Yeah, what are you trying to say about pigs? Maybe he's a teacup pig? I know they don't really exist, but... Also, baby Billy like Billy, she make my balloon go boom boom. Yeah. It sounds like he's saying she's hot, but what is... And he's dressed like her. Huh. Yeah, weird. He's wearing, like, a little boy version of her. Yeah. Great. Yeah, that's that's definitely still the same pig child. Yeah. 17. Mm. <laughs> I don't think that we're really meant to read too much into these, because <laughs> they are literally there for, like, three frames. Yeah, but they're right um, after each other. Why aren't they more, like, connected? You care so much, why don't you make a podcast about it? And then after <laughs> he gets his new hands, which are just human-ish hands... They're a slightly lighter colour than his fur. Yeah. There's an article that we see, like, some of that... It's like, it's time to get down to business, Wood, Woodchuck could Chuck Berkowitz said at a summit for influential financial experts and small business owners. However, the agenda for the meeting was quickly scuttled when the attendees implored could Chuck Berkowitz to table the planned conversation for a later date so that everyone could take turns interlacing their fingers with his. Voters <laughs> like hands. Some shy guys in attendance were struck some shy guys in attendance stuck with basic hand claps and doing daps with the governor instead. Others played cat's cradle. And then there's a picture of him giving a thumbs up that says could chuck berkowitz gives constituents his now famous thumbs up gesture at a rally in bakersfield on tuesday that perfect thumb swooned one local man (laughs) there are a couple that i didn't bother screenshotting because they weren't like you either couldn't read enough of the text or the text was not that exciting but um there's one where the headline is church steeple and all the people and then there's a picture of like him doing that thing with your hands and there's one where the headline is the gloves are off (laughs) also there is a banner At one of his rallies that says, hands up for Woodchuck, the hands down best. (laughs) Oh, that's in the little snippet where he catches the baby, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Those were some good articles. Some real thought was put into those. Doing a lot of reading alouding today, I am. (laughs) That was how I meant to say that. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Um... What's the big deal? I have hands too. There's no way those new hands are as perfect as everyone says. Nobody's hands are all the way clean. And Katrina goes on the news. Before Woodchuck, the hands belonged to one Ernest Contralto, a criminal. The man was a pedophile murderer. Well, if you gotta murder somebody. No, Tom, not a pedophile dash murderer, a pedophile slash murderer. Oh no, the way you said slash was very scary. I think that he's meant to be John Wayne Gacy. Because oh. he's a murdery pedophile who's dressed up as a mime. Yeah. No, I, I was going to bring that up. Why is he dressed like a mime? But yeah, that makes sense. That raises a question. If you're, like, killed by the state, do you still donate your body parts? Like, in the real world? I would think you I wouldn't. mean, organ donation is 
opt in anyway. So, like, I think the question is more, can you rather than do you? Oh, okay. Like, no, nobody ever gets their organs donated without their consent. But that's it's a genuinely good question whether you can, like, be an organ donor if you are. Yeah, I feel like there's a horror movie where somebody gets a murderer's eyes or something. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Wait, did it say that he was killed by the state? No, I just presumed he was on, like, death row for his crimes. Maybe he just... Maybe. He could have just died in prison. Yeah. A lot of people die in prison waiting to get killed in prison. Yeah. But, like, e- either way, that's a really good question. Like, I, I wonder what the... Is this a question that can be answered with an quick Google? Are we going to try? Organ donation in prison. There's a Wikipedia article called Organ Donation in the United States Prison Population. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's so specific. Prisons typically do not allow inmates to donate organs to anyone but immediate family members. There is no law against prisoner organ donation. However, the transplant community has discouraged use of prisoners' organs since the early 1990s due to concerns over prisons' high-risk environment for infectious diseases. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Physicians and ethicists also criticize the idea because a a prisoner is not able to consent to the procedure in a free and non-coercive environment, especially if given inducements to participate. Huh. That's interesting. Ooh, okay. Death row inmates. The practice of death row inmates donating organs while alive follows closely to that of their more general inmate counterparts. Where they differ is in their inability to have their organs donated following their execution. Although no law specifically forbids death row inmates from donating organs post-mortem, as of 2013, all requests by death row inmates to donate their organs after execution have been denied by states. Additionally, there is debate about whether current organ donation guidelines blah 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 blah. So that's interesting. Benefits. Organ donation has the potential to greatly improve quality of life as well as prevent death in patients with end-stage organ failure. So just the regular benefits. <laughs> just the just just the organ donation ones, Wikipedia. <laughs> Imagine if it was just like murderer kidneys feel better. That's interesting. And that means if that rule holds within the universe of Bojack Horseman, maybe that guy donated his hands while still alive and is still alive in prison. Oh, wow. That's dark. With no hands. Or he was the first ever person to be allowed to donate his hands after execution. I imagine it probably depends on the execution as well, right? Like, I think that if you die via lethal injection, most of your organs are probably no longer good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, you, like people don't usually take organ donations from people who died of poison. Yeah. I don't know if there are any states that still use the electric chair, but, like, I would think that that could possibly damage organs as well. Like, it literally stops your heart. Yeah. Maybe we should bring back hanging. <laughs> and when I say we, I mean America. I guess us. We must have hanged people at some point. Did we? Yeah. Yeah, um... Ned Kelly got hanged, right? Yeah. Did he get hanged at Pentridge? I don't know. I feel like if he got hanged at Pentridge, I would have heard that already. Like, that would be a much bigger selling point for Pentridge, right? They'd have, like, a big poster of Ned Kelly there. Yeah, that's a good point. The last execution in Australia took place in 1967. 1967? Yeah, 1967, Ronald Mm. Ryan was hanged in Victoria. Huh, wow. That's And then between 67 and 1984, several more people were sentenced to death but had their sentences commuted to life imprisonment. The last death sentence was given in August 1984. That's way more recent than I would ever have guessed. Yeah. Wow, okay. Huh. In 2010, the federal government passed legislation prohibiting the re-establishment of capital punishment by any state or territory. Wow, that's late. Yeah, I mean, that's still, like, long after no one had done it anymore, but I like I like that a bunch of decades passed and then the government was like, we've been going pretty good with no state-sanctioned murder. Should we make it so they can't? Again, just in case. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, that shows remarkable foresight. Yeah, it does. Governments are very unwilling to take time to fix things that are that unlikely to go wrong during the term that they're elected for. Yeah. It's really interesting that someone, like, put that effort in. Yeah, it's like, now is the time. Yeah. Yeah, so Ned Kelly, he was hung at the Melbourne jail, um, but his remains are at Pentridge. Huh. Hmm. Why? Is it just because it's our most prominent old-timey prison? Maybe. 
Um, if it's an execution, the word is hanged. Okay. But I hear that Ned Kelly was also hung. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to know that I would not have corrected you if I hadn't thought of that joke. <laughs> Anyway, this concludes Ned Kelly's dick corner. Yep. All right. <laughs> he invented the first condom, but it was just a weird little metal bucket that goes on your dick. <laughs> Do people know who Ned Kelly is? I think so. They make mo- like Hollywood movies about him. So, Listeners, if you don't know who Ned Kelly is, Google image search him. He was the world's first cyborg. <laughs> How'd we get here? Um, oh, yeah. Organ donation. So yeah. he's got... He's got serial killer hands now. Yeah, yeah, he does. Actually, wait, not necessarily serial killer. We just know that he was a pedophile and murderer. For all we know, he only did one murder, or maybe two. But you have to do at least three within a certain time period, with a certain time between murders to be a serial killer. Yeah. Was there, I can't remember, was there any talk about the murderer being French? Or is that just me being racist because he was dressed as a mime? I think it... Okay, to start, mimes are not a race. (laughs) (laughs) Also, neither is the French, but I do think that's why you thought that. Okay, but you know what I mean? Like, me thinking that all mimes are French is kind of stereotyping? That's better than the word racist. Well, I think they, like, invented mimes. If he was French, his names wouldn't be Ernest, it would be Ernest. (laughs) Okay. And, like, some of the letters would have weird little hats. (laughs) That make them sound different. So Tom Jumbo Grumbo's in this episode quite a lot, which is nice. Um, and opinion has turned on Woodchuck. At first, I didn't like him on account uh, he didn't have hands. But then he got new hands, so I liked him again. But then I found out those hands are bad. Can't trust politicians. Then we see the Woodchuck headquarters, which are very different to Jessica's. She's killing us on this hands thing. Much like Ernest Contralto killed those innocent children after he pedophiled them. With those very hands. Not helping. Your hands are being really aggressive right now. Ugh. Watch out, they're attacking your face. In the establishing shot for Girl Crush for the next scene, there's a rhino who is like a very fashionable rhino wearing like short shorts and a fishnet singlet. And he's wearing a backpack that just has like his hairstylist sitting in it. Like it's another joke about oxpeckers, the birds yeah. that like groom large mammals in the wild. But she's just like sitting on this backpack twiddling his gorgeous floppy purple undercut thing. That's cool. I didn't notice that the first time. So at Girl Crush, Diane tells Stephanie about the new article she's working on. I'm working on another big piece about how Jessica Beale is owned by private prison lobbyists. Oh, who want my to- guy at Diane, nobody cares. Well, <gasps> what if you had lunch with her? Why would I you get right about what she smells like, how she makes her face pretty? These are things people will want to know about our first female governor. I love the escalation at Girl Crush of the different, like, the weird athletic desks. Yeah. Because <laughs> it starts with ones that are real things, like treadmill desks and, like, exercise balls and, like, weird ergonomic chairs or whatever. But now they're just, like, hanging upside down from bars and yeah. typing. Yeah. I, is that... Are you going to ask if that's a real type of desk? No. (laughs) Is it a bat next to her? I thought that was the joke. Oh, yeah, no, I think that is. That's her co-worker who is a Honduran white bat. Ah, nice. Diane is not as good at hanging upside down as the bat is. No. So then we see Jessica and Diane at lunch. Oh, but before that, there's a funny seagulls joke. There's some seagulls sitting at a table and then... The next table over, the guy gets his food and the seagulls start, like, flapping around. He, like, yeah. shoes them away. <laughs> yeah. But, 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 but they're, like, human size, <laughs> which is very comical. Yeah, they're wearing Listeners, if you, if you haven't seen this show, you should really give it a try. <laughs> it's got some great gags. <laughs> I'll have the avocado toast, um, but instead of the avocado part, I want fresh sea air. And instead of the toast, I'll have a single grain of rice. And then they talk about Mr. Peanut Butter. And Jessica talks about how Mr. Peanut Butter would make her stare at a magic eye poster. When we were married, he was obsessed with it. And he would make me stare at it for hours. Yeah, I bet. But then all of a sudden, I saw it. 
And it was incredible. And I was so happy that I had waited long enough to experience this beautiful thing. And I felt so... Why is this disgusting avocado on my plate? Oh, I feel personally attacked right now. So sorry. Ugh. Then we see the news. We see good old Tom again. And he's reporting that Jessica doesn't like avocado. Does this, like... I think he's an ibex or like an antelope of some kind that they keep interviewing. Who doesn't like avocados? I don't know if Jessica Biel has the right judgment to leave California. He's outside Parrot Mount Studios this time, and in the background we just see Princess Carolyn in a chair, like sailing through the air, screaming <laughs> in the background. Yeah, I... We do not find out what it what the deal is with that until later in the episode. <laughs> Listeners, if you haven't watched the show. It's very good. <laughs> right, so back at Beale headquarters, Katrina is angry. Why would you say that you hate avocados? I just have to live my truth, Katrina. Uh, then we see the woodchuck office. Who'd have thunk that such a small, trivial detail could be the thing to take Beale down? Yeah, who'd have thunk it? Who knew? I knew. I put the avocado thing in the story on purpose because I knew people wouldn't like it. So just for the record, I thunk it. It's because of me. And then we get a thing that says one week later, and then a news report that says that it's over now. Woodchuck one. They're having a party, and there's a banner that says hooray for Woodchuck. And if he doesn't win, write so sorry, Woodchuck. <laughs> we did it, didn't we? We did. You and me working together, both contributing the same amount. Well... I wrote the article that got Woodchuck elected governor, and you're the one that made him not governor in the first place. <laughs> I set him up, you knock him down. And then we see one week earlier, and we go to the diner. And so Todd's meeting with Yolanda of the Better Business Bureau. My name is Yolanda Buenaventura of the Better Business Bureau. I've got to assume that that means better business or good business in Spanish. Oh, okay. Just, just from how the words are. Yeah. Funny if true. <laughs> It would be funnier if your name was Betty Boydaventura of the Better Business Bureau. Well, I'm sorry you don't find my name sufficiently comical, but this is actually a very serious matter. Oh. It seems that many of your clown dentists aren't actually licensed to practice medicine. She's an axolotl, and I really like her character design. She's got, like, blue lipstick that matches the blue scleras of her eyes, and she's wearing, like, a really cute kind of sweater thing. Good character design. It is. Also, I just really like axolotls. Yeah, they're cool. I like how she's drawn. I think it's cool. She definitely stands out. She's voiced by Natalie Morales. Who that? Um, she's in that show about the zombies, Santa Clarita Diet. I can never say it correctly. Pronounce The Walking Dead. <laughs> Another one with Drew Barrymore. Oh, Fear The Walking Dead. <laughs> so good if Drew Barrymore was in that show. <laughs> actually watched the second season. <laughs> so she's voiced by Drew Barrymore. The billboard behind the thing, instead of being the angelfish or secretariat or anything, is a billboard for the film Son of Uncle Cuck, which is like a callback to the Uncle Cuck poster we saw a couple of episodes ago. Okay, I couldn't remember where I'd seen that before. What if I said my business was for entertainment purposes? That would require your employees to be entertaining. He plans a show where the clown dentist will be entertaining, which would get the business out of trouble. You have one week to create a show that delights and astonishes me. But I should warn you, I am a very tough crowd. I once met Paul Rudd at a cocktail party and I did not find him charming. Right, so then we go to Princess Carolyn's house and she's coming down her stairs and she's very hungover. And we see the clowns are practicing for their show. Yeah, Princess Carolyn starts drinking as soon as she gets up and she sounds very depressed. Can't imagine why. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, should you be drinking that? Why not? I got no baby or boyfriend. Might as well get blotto, right? Um, shouldn't you be at work? I'm recalibrating. Her phone rings and she's like collapsed on the couch and she calls for Judah to come and answer it. But Judah's not there. Mm. Todd answers her phone and it's about a meeting that Princess Carolyn should be in with a writer. So she heads out to the meeting. And at her office, we meet Flip, who is an aspiring writer. I have this idea for a TV show. Oh? It's a grizzled former detective who gets sucked back that in. That sounds fabulous. Why don't you write a script and we'll go from there? I already wrote it. Boom. Oh, you brought it with you. I don't trust email. You know, the government. He's wearing a cardigan that is, like, buttoned up wrong. Isn't like he? he's done He's done the buttons, like, one level up from the buttonholes. Oh, he has two. I think oh. that's a nice touch. 
<laughs> I connect with his character so deeply. <laughs> yeah, look, Flip, before I even read this, I should tell you that this town's a total crapshoot. Hmm. The odds of the right person finding your material and connecting with it are a million to... One. It's a show called Filbert. I just know I have this great potential inside me. I know I can do it, even if no one else understands or believes in me. I believe in you. And so she takes that as a sign and wants to take the show on. You say she takes it as a sign, but I think that the way it's played is weird because she doesn't seem to realise why she likes it so much. Oh, that's interesting. The, the way that it's shown, it seems like she literally just reads the name Philbert and goes, I like it for some reason. And then she's even talking to Todd and she's like, I don't know, it's just really, I like it. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it other than this feeling of supreme warmth came over me like this is what I've been waiting for my whole life. That's amazing. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't read it like that, but I can I see what you mean, yeah. I mean, it makes more sense if she is aware of it and is like voluntarily taking it as a sign because the way that I interpret it makes her seem kind of stupid. <laughs> Although I guess she is just super drunk this whole episode. Oh yeah, that's a good point. She might not be all there. What do I always say? What's the difference between an agent and a manager? Uh, managers are always talking about the differences between agents and managers, and agents don't as much. No! Managers can produce! This script is a sign! I gotta get off my ass and produce this baby! So she wants Todd to set her up with a meeting with Lenny. Turtle Tub. You there? You want a trophy? Because <laughs> <laughs> now I sort of wish I'd taken the time to have one made. <laughs> Princess Carolyn falls asleep on the couch and Todd decides that he needs to help her. We gotta help Princess Carolyn, but also we gotta prep for our big show next week. If only there was a way to do both at once. What a ludicrous notion! Hmm. Dr. Piccarello, we might make a clown out of you yet! So then we see their little adventure. I was, I started writing down all the steps and then I was just like, nah. Nah. There's a fast involving Princess Carolyn flying through the air in a deck chair and also clowns. And that's why we see her flying through the air in a deck chair. And then she just gets like dumped into a chair sitting opposite Lenny. Yeah. Who is just like thinks he's hanging out alone at a restaurant, but then she just <laughs> plops down in the chair. <laughs> Princess Carolyn! Lenny, thanks for making time! Didn't realize I had. So, it's a hot young writer, it's TV, it's me producing. TV? Just look at the script. I know it's gonna knock your socks off. <sighs> he kinda gets on board. You know that website, whattimeisitrightnow.com? The website you go to when you want to know what time it is? Yeah. They're looking to make a play in the gritty prestige streaming world and could make a big Big splash with a huge ad buy. Plus, you got the built-in audience of people who don't know what time it is. That's huge! That's so many people! Yeah, yeah, this could be perfect as their first series. You got a star attached? Not yet, but... Yeah, we can't go in without a big name. Oh my god. What? I just went to www.whattimeisitrightnow.com yeah. and it just says, what time is it right now? And then it's just got the current time for Los Angeles, London, New York City, and Hong Kong. And then it says, Philbit, a what time is it right now original series coming soon. What? <laughs> yeah, I want to see that. Sorry. Also, the title, what time is it right now, is a hyperlink that if you click it, it just like refreshes the page, but it's like a constantly refreshing <laughs> counter anyway. I'm confused. I can't see the thing about the filbit. What website are you on? Uh, whattimeisit.com. Whattimeisitrightnow.com. Ah, well, what time is it is also a website, and it has a little guy with a boombox. Yeah, that's not as funny. No, it's not. Although it is sort of funny in that, like... I assumed that they had, like, made a joke that this would be a website that exists, but, like, it seems like maybe there was actually a website you could go to <laughs> to find out what the time is. Yeah, this one actually looks better. Yeah. It's crisper. Oh, cool. Good joke. <laughs> it's funny because any device you can access a web page on automatically knows what time it is. <laughs> Alright, so Todd tells everybody that they have to stop Lenny getting back to his office. So they go to distract him. And Princess Carolyn catches up with him. And the distraction takes the form of one of the clowns dancing with a rubber chicken. And the rubber chicken is human-sized, which, yep. Oh, yeah. Huh. That, that tracks. Yeah, that does. 
listeners, this show. Oh, this show. I didn't even give think it about a try. That. Yeah. Um. Uh, so Princess Carolyn throws a lot of names out trying to get a star that will stick. Uh, Jack Houston, mm. uh, Hugh, Hugh, Hugh Jackman, a uh, Bojack Horseman. Hey, Bojack, that's an idea. Yeah, yeah, sure, uh, a Bojack type. Uh, I swore I'd never work with that asshole again, but you gotta admit, he's got heat. Star of Secretariat, disappears for a year, shows up again to do one episode of a reality show about butts. Mm. I'll send over a contract, ironclad. I don't want to risk that jerkwad skipping town again. Make sure he signs it before the pitch. Uh, will do. So one week later, we're at Princess Carolyn's house and Yolanda's watching the show. I did not enjoy that. Oh, no. So I must recommend that you dissolve this venture immediately. All right. You heard the lady. Get into the car, everyone. I'm taking you to the woods where you belong. I think this is like a throwback to that time in 2016 when there were clowns everywhere. Hmm. I think they're trying to give an origin story for that. Does the timing link up for that? Um, I think this was set in 2017. Yeah, but they would have been making it in 2016, so they would have had to have been, like, really on the ball. Yeah. Because animation takes a long time. But maybe. Okay. So, yeah. So then we go to Princess Carolyn's office. She's looking over the contract that has been drawn up for Bojack, and it reads, Contract, page 8 of 8. Party shall not skip town for any period of time longer than three days or one business day to find himself, explore his past, or face his own demons. Party <laughs> shall ignore whims and dark feelings for the extent of the project. Project shall be in the first position for five years before any other film, book, or media commitments. Party shall participate in promotion and blah blah blah. I thought that all the jokes were finished, but no. Party shall participate in promotion and publicity of the project, including but not limited to talk shows, print interviews, photo shoots, tweets, snaps, cheeps, chips, chops, and radio shows. One of the previous <laughs> items does not actually exist, but maybe it will by the time the project is being promoted. This contract <laughs> is ironclad, all binding, and totally very serious. Should the party not fulfill duties outlined in the above, they and any associated parties shall be legally responsible. And then there's the bit for him to sign. Cool. I didn't read that. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so Princess Carolyn just now gets around to calling Bojack. I guess she was putting it off. Yeah. And yeah, so he answers the phone and then she tries to put across what she wants but he hangs up on her and we see that he's driving Beatrix in the car taking her somewhere what hey Bojack great news that time can't talk wait just listen for a <sighs> okay Princess Carolyn takes a drink and just forges Bojack's signature and then we go back to one week ago so we're at Bojack's house again and yeah they're playing Uno still and Bojack calls out for Hollyhock and he hears her fall and then we see the hospital so Bojack's telling the administration nurse Hollyhock's name yeah he's trying to do that yeah <laughs> not doing a good job <laughs> That's her name? Yes, for the third time, her name is Hollyhock. And her last name? Mannheim, Mannheim, uh, Steamroller. Uh, is there more? I think there's a Lopez in the mix somewhere. A Chung, maybe? I'm sorry, sir. I can't help you. Although, in fairness, he's probably doing about as good a job as I would if I was trying to do it off the top of my head. Yeah. So when he goes to sit down, we see the TV and the interview with that animal. That thing. What, are, what was it? A antelope? I think it's a horse. A horse? But yeah, it has... I think he's just a regular horse. He has horns, doesn't he? No, they're just sticks. Okay. I'm pretty sure last time when I brought him up, I said he's just a regular horse with some sticks on him. Okay. <laughs> In the hospital waiting room, there's a rabbit swiping through pictures of rashes on their iPad. Ah. Like a good detail, just in the background. Um, and we see the Know Your Moles poster again. And Bojack falls asleep, but he's woken up by Hollyhock's dads all arguing in the corridor. Gaggle of dads. Yeah. We just kind of, he hears them say her name, so we just kind of meet them all in sequence. And it's kind of funny, I guess. Yeah, they kind of say what their thing is. Yeah. I'm Bojack Horseman. Yeah, we know. I'm her dad, Steve Mannheim. Yeah, I'm Deshaun okay. Mannheim. Boop Robinson the third. Okay. Zilberslag. Okay. I'm Gregory Sung. Arturo Fonzarelli. And I'm Quackers. I think the thing we're meant to get from this is that even though we never really see it, Hollyhock's home life is basically a weird sitcom. Yeah. The one of her dads that's a duck, I think his name might be Quackers McQuack. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yep. Yep. Anyway, several dads. Yep, several dads, as we knew, know. 
Yeah, so we find out Hollyhock had an overdose on... I didn't write down the name of the drug. What was it? Amphetamines? Amphetamines. All I could think of was antihistamines, and I was like, it's not that. <laughs> Definitely not that. She took, she overdosed on antihistamines and it cured all her allergies. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is pretty bad for you to overdose on antihistamines. Yeah. Turns out most medicine that has an actual therapeutic effect is bad for you if you take too many. Yeah. Yeah, funny that. What happened? She overdosed. What? I had no idea. You had no idea? Have you looked at her? She's as thin as a pole. She told us you were taking care of her. Can I talk to her? You're lucky we don't call the police. Our well, kid got hooked on amphetamines because of you. No, I didn't. I I I okay, I, I feel like there's a lot of male energy right now. Why don't I come back in a couple hours? Give Hollyhock a chance to rest before I talk to her. Are you insane? You are never seeing Hollyhock again. Look, if I could just... Never. And then back at Bojack's house, Bojack comes home and he's, he's panicking. Like, similar to the start of the episode, the sound goes all weird and... Yeah, it's like a good kind of mirror image of the scene from the beginning with Hollyhock. Yeah. He even ends up collapsed on the bathroom floor. Yeah, he runs into the bathroom and he, like, flushes all of his drugs and medication down the toilet. That toilet's gonna be high as fuck! (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then we see you one week later... So Bojack's staring out the window and Beatrix asks where the girl went. She's gone, Mom. Oh, yes, I took her, didn't I? Where did I put her? How did I not see it? All this time I thought you were a terrible parent. And you were. But I blew it even worse. Turns out being a parent is impossible. So I guess I can't be that mad at you. Uh, But then Beatrix asks where the girl is because she's made her coffee. And Bojack just, like, realizes what happened. Jesus, you two and your coffee. Wait. No. What did you put in this? That's an old family secret. So he runs to the cupboard and he finds in a bag marked coffee that it was actually a product called Chubby Gone. Takes the pounds right off. This whole time. Just until she learned to take it herself. Of course it was you. Henrietta. No, all this, I don't know where I am or who my son stuff is, is officially not cute anymore. You ruined the one good thing I had. Is there, like, a thing you can buy at American drugstores to lose weight that literally has amphetamines in it? Well, she says it's an old-time recipe, so I thought she just had heaps of the stuff, and she bought it with her? Oh. Huh. No, that's a good point, because that definitely sounds like the kind of thing that was maybe something you could buy in American drugstores in, like, the 50s. Yeah, I thought it was really old. Super old amphetamines. Probably even worse for you. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> Out plus of date. amphetamines. Yeah, amphetamines marketed as benzedrine became popular for weight loss during the late 1930s because they suppress your appetite. Mm. Okay. Yeah, okay. And I just wanted to point out that we had some, like, clues to what was going on a couple of episodes ago where Hollyhock casually says that she feels like she's got ants crawling under her skin and also I think we left I think it was left in but this thing where she was counting all the coins and putting them yeah. in I think that was a symptom yeah to flicking the TV channel as fast as she could yeah the way that they've foreshadowed it is genuinely really good and yeah. I'm glad that like I definitely didn't leave this in but you like reminded me why those things were important when we were talking about it yeah because I had forgotten that like like, I, I knew that she eventually ended up in the hospital because Beatrice had been drugging her, but I didn't realize that, like, these were foreshadowing things. The One of her dads says, oh, how could you not realize she's, like, really thin now? Mm-hmm. I'm actually, I can't tell. Hang on, I'm going to go back to the beginning of the episode. Yeah, Hollyhock is, like, visibly much thinner. Her clothes don't fit properly anymore. Yeah. And she's got, like, Kind of a saggy little, like, line that I think is meant to be her belt. Like, I think that there's, like, a skin flap from, like, sudden weight loss. Mm. And, like, her face and every Huh. Yeah, they've actually, like, genuinely done a really good job of, like, gradually adjusting her character design, I guess. I'm looking to see if anybody's done a comparison of, um, of her at the beginning of the season, her at the last, the end, like, this episode. Yeah, if you Google Hollyhock weight loss and someone's put, like... Yeah, there, there seems to be, like, at least three stages. At the... When you first meet her, she's got, like, a little bit of a muffin top. And then she loses that but looks basically the same. 
I think, like, under her chin becomes more streamlined. Yeah. And then, like, she's, like, yeah, she looks kind of, like, unhealthily thin in the mm. one that we just watched. It's really interesting. Yeah. They, they did a really good job. Man, like, even her, like, little sleevey bits are slightly baggy. And, like, you can see, like, the line of her shoulders. Oh, yeah, wow. Oh, God. Good work. She would definitely have noticed that she was getting skinnier. But she mm-hmm. was also legitimately, like, possibly developing an eating disorder. Like, in addition to being drugged, yeah, she definitely, like, started going off her food after that episode where... With Miles? Yeah, with Miles and stuff. Although, the whole point of the amphetamines is that they are an appetite suppressant. Mm. So she just legitimately wouldn't have been as hungry. But, like, when she started losing weight quickly, she probably would have been like, oh, cool, I'm finally going to be hot, rather than, like, oh, something's medically wrong. Yeah, poor baby. Like, the interplay of those two plot lines is really interesting. Mm. Beatrice might have only started drugging her when she heard those conversations between Hollyhock and Bojack. Because she was <gasps> present for a lot of them. Oh, that's fucked up. She doesn't doesn't really like chip in and except like at the end of each conversation as like a joke, like she starts doing push-ups. Yeah. But like it's entirely possible that that was the thing that was like, oh, I should use my big jar of amphetamines. Oh well, that's another level of fucked. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Bojack isn't entirely blameless here. Yeah. Like even it, like he's he says like this was my fault because I let you have another chance, but like he was also not paying attention. Mm. But like that being said, we are keen amateur Bojack analysts. <laughs> I definitely didn't notice until right now when one of her dads brought it up, so like I can't really throw shade at Bojack for not noticing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good point. In hindsight, it's easy to see, but at the time, it probably wasn't. And he didn't really know her that well. Like, with all True. the, like, the other side effects that she was, like, telling him about, he could have just been like, oh, that's just part of her personality. He sort of does. Like, he, he, he says, like, you know how kids are at one point. Yeah, wow. But, like, I'm just, I just keep looking at this still from the beginning of this episode where, like, how visibly badly her clothes fit now. Mm. Like, I think that that is what you would notice. Yeah. And, like, we didn't see her last episode, which was really cleverly done, you know? Like... Mm, good point. That it wasn't like it was just... Yeah, we've had a couple of time skips. Like, I don't think we see her in Underground as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good point. She's not in every episode. She's not in Underground. She is in The Judge, and she's not in Ruthie. So it kind of gives us that time to be like, when you come back to it, it's like, oh, that's what she looked like before. But when you look at it side by side, it's like, oh, no, there's been a drastic change. Yeah. Well done, show. Very clever. You ruined the one good thing I had. The one thing I didn't ruin myself. But of course I did, because I thought it was a good idea to give you one more chance. Where is Cracker Jack? Stop! You are out of chances. Is driving her, that's when Princess Carolyn calls, and he's driving her to the worst residential home to punish her, basically. Mr. Horseman, I understand you're interested in our facility and wanted our first available room. No, I said worst available room. So he leaves her in this really shitty room. FYI, we keep these blinds down because the window looks out at a dumpster. Noted. Well, this is your life now. This is what it all added up to. You, by yourself, in this room. See ya never. Who is that? Ugh, bye, Mom. Bojack? And then the episode ends. It does seem like he genuinely still thinks that she's fucking with him, pretending not to know who he is the whole time. Mm-hmm. Or, like, at least he's he has enough of a suspicion of that, that, like, during the big, like, thing where he's yelling at her for drugging Hollyhock, he's like, no, stop it, this isn't cute anymore. Yeah. Also, during that scene, like, the, the one where he's, like, you know where Hollyhock's gone and he's talking to Beatrice about it. All of her, like, photos and stuff have been taken down from the window. Yeah. And there's, like, visible, like, marks where they were, like, bits of tape and blue tech and stuff. Listeners, if you've never watched the show, you should really give it a try. It's depressing as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is episode 10, so we're into it, guys. Yeah. Yeah, wait, so does that mean it's 12 episodes, right? Yeah, so there's, Okay, like, I don't remember what happens in the penultimate episode of this season, but if it follows the Bojack formula, it's going to be a rough time. Shall we murder a horse? Yeah, we should. 
You can email us at horseandaloud at gmail.com. Or you can tweet at us at horseandaloudpod. You can also find us on Tumblr or Facebook. And if you like the show, please rate or review it on iTunes. Or just get us hooked on dangerous drugs for our own good. <laughs> I'm Jem. And I'm Paige. Salas. Do you want to do that again? No. Just okay. say your surname. And I'm Paige Winkle. And I'm Jem. Human, human, what now? <laughs> human, human, what now? I'm sorry that my other podcast is bleeding into this one so much. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I know that when I started my new venture, I promised you that it wouldn't... <laughs> It wouldn't affect our podcasting relationship, but I feel like it is. I'm going to cancel my other show. No, it's okay. It means nothing to me, Paige. (laughs) That's Grotesques. Find it on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. Bye, everyone. Bye. (laughs) I really enjoyed listening to the bloopers because my name was mentioned so much. (laughs)